And welcome back to another week of Grounded with Brandon and Craig. I am Brandon. I'm Craig. Welcome. Hello, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Well, I woke up this morning like at uh, the wee or small hours of the morning. I don't know if it was 5.30, 6 o'clock. It was somewhere around there. Thunder and lightning and crashing and banging. And um, I thought somebody was breaking in, but uh, that was quite a storm. I woke up this morning in the wee hours of the morning. And I woke up, okay. Right? <laughs> with a dog in my face. Nice. At least that didn't happen with like, me. I don't know if he gets bored or if he has to go to the bathroom or what, but he'll like, like I can feel like the side of the bed get pushed down because he puts his paws up and then I like open my eyes and he's right there like, hey, what's up? I'm awake. <laughs> he's ready to roll. He's ready to roll. It's like, dude, it's 3 a.m. So how how are you doing so far this week? Well, the week is young, but I'm great. It is. Um, the week is going to be weird weather wise. It is. It is. Uh, like we're. I saw a ninety one on Wednesday, which I'm not crazy about. It's no, technically I'm fall. Done. I'm done with nineties. I was done with nineties on the first day, but I'm not right. going to go there. And then Thursday, we're talking sixty three or four is the high. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. But do you know? Do you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if you guys know this or not. But oh, I know um, because you sent me a Snapchat. Um, th- Three months from Sunday is Christmas. So I think we need to start talking Christmas and get ready for Christmas and just start leading people down the path of Christmas. What do you think? I think it's a great idea. You you sent me a message last night. Sunday is three months until Christmas, and you sent me a bitmoji. I did. Of you and me, and we're standing under a mistletoe. Yeah, that was pretty disgusting. It was disgusting. uh, I don't know why. I just wish you'd leave the... Yeah. Yeah, Allie was like gross. Exactly. <laughs> so I I don't know. Maybe maybe we will throw a special Christmas edition grounded logo out. That would be fun. I like the one that they generated with you and I, and I was decorating you with lights and streamers or yeah, whatever that was it was. You were like standing there, like, tinsel. Like, it was tinsel and lights, yeah. and my arms sticking out like I was a Christmas tree. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean we're gonna blink, and uh, you know it's gonna be. Down the road, we'll be going to pick our Christmas tree out like we always do over at Cackler Farms in Delaware, and it'll be good. Yeah, I can't, I can't believe it. Uh, so, um, you know, we have um, – three months goes really fast. It, you turn around three or four times, like you said, and, and, and you're, you're already into into another year, and, and I can't believe that we're, we're going down that road. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, no, we get through the fair service, and yeah. it's like, bang. I, that's Christmas what I think, upon yeah. Us. That's what I think, too. And, um, you know, we had, um, we're already um, coming up uh, Sunday. Uh, it'll be our third week in our series, uh, Your Inner Compass. Right, and right. That's always, that always amazes me how quick those go, because sometimes it's yeah. like, oh, that was 10 weeks, and boom, it's over and gone with. And yesterday we gave out compasses, mm-hmm. and um, that was really fun, because the basket, there's, there's not there's many left. There's a handful maybe 15, left, maybe? 15, 18, something like so that. So if you didn't get a compass yesterday, and you want a compass, and um, you, be sure to pick one up this Sunday, or you can go ahead and email the church or call the church, and we'll pull it for you and hold it back for you, and you can pick it up Sunday or whenever you would like, but it's a small compass and they actually do work. And they do. A lot of people are like, "Oh, these actually do work." I heard them yesterday. There, some people in the fellowship hall were looking at them. Yeah, and Christian walking was walking around with his yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, okay, buddy, if you ever get lost, now you can. yeah. But the compass was uh, just given out as a reminder 
to um, you know keep your focus on God, keep your right. focus on His Word. Uh, just I always think that's good to remind us. You know, like you you wear the bracelet, mm-hmm. um, and and a lot of people wear those. They're 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 just a reminder right. of of what you should be doing, and it's kind of like your wedding ring. Yes, it's a reminder of you know the commitment that you made to your spouse and to God, and right. um, it is um, you know so you you have these reminders, and I and I like the compass, and I, I'm I'm still thinking about putting mine from my mirror. I don't know, Allie. I, yeah. We got in the car and she was like, "Will it fit up there?" And she hung her compass from from the mirror. I put mine on my keychain, yeah. on my on my key fob. That's a good idea too for my my Chevy. So yeah, that's a good idea too. So there you go. Um, but yeah, I thought about hanging it from the mirror, especially when I get in traffic and um, uh huh. You know, my inner compass. I needed gets that. Swayed. <laughs> I needed that the other day, real bad. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh gee. Anita and I traveled down to Dublin on Friday, mm-hmm. and um, you know, never usually. I, I never go to Costco, never go to Sam's Club, never do any of this stuff. But uh, You've we actually come to the dark side. We actually did go to the dark side. We became members of Costco. We did that last week or two weeks ago. Yeah, and um, it was like going to Disney World, right, with the crowd. Like yeah, I, I was shocked how many people were there. We had to park clear out to the to the end, and Anita's looking at me. She's literally looking at me. You're going to hate this. You're never coming back here, are you? I'm just going to be coming here by myself. You you absolutely hate right. this. And uh, and uh, once I got in there, there was a lot of people in there. There was, but it it was it's such a big place. They have it spaced out well. They have it very strategically. Yes, place. And I noticed that some of their prices are extremely good, and mm-hmm. some of them are extremely high. Yes. And I don't understand that. Like, I got these two humongous bottles of Montgomery and barbecue sauce, and I mean, these things are like, you can't see it, but they're they're this tall and about this wide. They're, I don't know how many ounces. It must right. be three pounds a piece, seven bucks for both of them. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, and stuff like that is is really fabulous. And know? that's what you have to do, and I, you know, I what I would do is, you know, when we were there last week, is we were looking, it's like, okay, well, we need this. You know, and there was like a three pack of ketchup, Heinz ketchup. Right. It's like, okay, well, is that more beneficial than getting, you know, three of those at Walmart or three of whatever, you know? And so that's, you just, and so I pull my Walmart app up and, and try to figure out, okay, well, no, it's better to get great value ranch because I'm a tightwad than Hidden Valley Ranch. Right, right. You know, right. So I'd rather pay a dollar 80 cents for a bottle of ranch than 350. Well, you know, get to look at, man, some of those televisions, those, Mm-hmm. Big plasma yeah. te- televisions. I was just, I was, she, I just stopped and I was just like mesmerized by the the, the quality They're of the nice, picture. Aren't they? And she was like, "Man, you look like one of the grandkids standing there just looking <laughs> at that television. Like, wow, this thing is crazy." <laughs> Did you act like one of the grandkids? Probably. I, I want that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want that TV. I want that TV now. <laughs> Uh, like Veruca Salt from uh, right. from Willy Wonka. I want a goose that lays a golden egg, right? Oh, my I want goodness. it now. Well, anyway, that's my Costco story, and yeah. um, probably going to go back again. But um, I don't know how often you should go. But uh, I know if you're not probably, too often, because yeah, that, I mean you you dropped some money there, man. Yeah, no, and I found I mean, too, for the membership, and then we also the membership, dropped, and then I mean, I it was a, it was an expensive day at Costco. Yeah, and so um, I can't we do that every day. You know, but so. you know, we kind of planned, and we, and we do a lot of, of meal planning. Yeah, too. Um, and and the main reason why we got the membership was the kids starting back school, and mm-hmm. you know, getting stuff for lunches mm-hmm. and everything thing and um you know and so it was it was very nice for that you know yeah, goldfish yeah. And, and all of that stuff that they take on their lunches 
Um, but I found that a lot of their, and again, you have to look and try mm-hmm. to figure out what's a good deal and what's not a mm-hmm. good deal. But a lot of their meat um, is well priced and it's great quality stuff. Mm-hmm. I got a brisket um, for a whole lot cheaper than I could have at other places. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think you're right. And um, we were actually talking about, you know, when we go camping with the family, that yep. would be the place to go to get a bunch of that stuff that, you know, you don't want to drop and you're going to just have that and, and you're going to be ready to roll. So, exactly. Um, yeah. But yeah, you could tell, I could tell there were some really good prices. Mm-hmm. You're like, wow, that is really good. And then there was somewhere I'm like, wow, that's like twice as high as what even you buy right. at Kroger. I right. Mean, right. Kroger is expensive. They I are think. expensive. Even with their, Kroger card, they're expensive. Exactly. Um, I don't, I don't know why we shop at Kroger, but I, I won't say anything because there's probably somebody listening from Kroger, but. Right. And I do shop at Kroger, so. I don't know why I shop at Kroger. They're so either. expensive. They are expensive. I agree with that completely. Yeah, but, um. I Sometimes just, though their produce is, and I'm willing to spend a little bit more on produce if it's good quality mm-hmm. because sometimes great value stuff's not as mm-hmm. great of a value. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Meyer stuff is normally really good and fresh. It's again, it's yeah, a little more yeah. on the pricey side, but right. produce wise, their stuff seems to be more fresh. Right. So I got to tell you, I know you had nothing to do with this, but I'm going to give you congratulations anyway. Thanks. Um, Congratulations on 91 wins with the Atlanta Braves. Hey. I mean, they just won their 91th game last night. They did. The Dodgers are sitting at 100 wins. Yeah, they're they're rolling. The Houston Astros are sitting at 97 wins. Yeah. I, I'm rooting for the Astros. Ugh. Go Astros. Ugh. <laughs> if, if Jose Altuve would have retired, I'd be okay with that. But. See, I, I, I'm still leaning back to the days of Bob Watson and Jose Cruz and Cesar Cedeno and J.R. Richard. And, of course, Dusty Baker is the manager now. And, he, and I love Dusty Baker. So I'd like for Dusty to go ahead and win the World Series, get that under his belt, get that guy in the Hall of Fame. He's like number five on the all-time win list for managers. Let's just get this done. You're like an old-time church member hanging on to the past. <laughs> <laughs> it's the future, bud. The Braves are going to win it all again. Yeah, oh, really? Maybe. I don't know. Ozzy Albies, so we had our second baseman. So they gotta get by the Dodgers. We do. And Freddie Freeman. Well, we gotta get by the Mets, too. You know, the Mets are, we just, they keep, they're keeping us at bay. Um, because there's still one game ahead of us. It's like whenever we win, they win. Whenever they lose, we lose. I think the better nationally playoff, the lot, if it could get down to it, would be the Mets and the Braves. Yeah. That would be the best playoff yeah. game. I don't know. The, the Dodgers Brave series last year was really good. Yeah. I'm really tired of Dave Robertson. Can yeah, I just say I, that? I'm well, just tired of Dave Robertson. And he lost that him. series for him. I mean, yeah. that was poor managing that lost that series for them last yeah. year. People are like, Oh, he's won a hundred games five different times. Well, yeah. honestly, if you and I walked in there, I guess I bet we could win a hundred games too. Right. With, with the team that they have. Right. So, but, um, I'd play myself though, just to relive my glory. Of days. course you would. But anyway. <laughs> Then you would lose a hundred games, right? Exactly. <laughs> but anyway, congratulations on that. Um, I think the Reds are going to lose about ninety-five. To, <laughs> they may lose a hundred games. Well, we got That's what fifteen crazy. games left. Yeah, and lost eighty-nine games. We could, we could lose hundred games. Ugh. We could lose hundred games. Yeah, they're so. officially out of the picture, right? Yeah, they were officially out of everything mm, weeks ago. Right. Like even the wild card spot, I checked it. They had the E elimination on it. Right. I haven't hadn't checked it in a while. I'm literally it was three weeks ago. I'm like. How can you be eliminated this soon? Already, this is yeah. crazy. That is. Them and the Pirates were out and the Cubs were out. And I'm like, dang God. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. But um the Yankees. Mm. I love the Yankees. Aaron Judge is on a tear still. Dude, he hit two home runs last night, and, and, and he's got 59, 59 home runs right now. That's crazy. 
you know, it's even crazier. And I, I know that's not 59 home runs, but, um, and he's playing at a limit, limited time. Yeah. And he's 42 or 43 years old is, um, Albert Pujols. Uh-huh. That guy's been on a tear. And I, yeah, he has. I mean, he's 42, 43 years old. He's got almost 20 home runs. He's like, what, one or two shy of his 700th mm-hmm. home run. Yep. I mean, we I are, hope he gets it. I like Albert. He'll get it. Yeah. If he doesn't get it, he'll probably get jammed at 699 this year and he'll have to come back because he was saying he was not going to come back next right. year. Right. But if he gets jammed at 699, you know he's he is coming back next year. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Even if he comes back for the first month or I don't think they could not have him play until September of next year. I think it'd be too much on a 43 year old, 44 year old body right. to set and not do anything. So I think they, they'd have <sighs> to let him play. I'll just let him play. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he's hitting two sixty five. Right, he's forty two or forty three years old. He's got nineteen home runs, sixty RBIs. He doesn't have two hundred and fifty at bats. Mm-hmm. You double that, he's sitting at forty home runs right now. Yeah, yeah. That's if he could stay if he healthy can and, maintain yeah. right. Yeah. But if you uh, but the rule of thumb is you take where you're at and you double your stats where you're at in at this time because he'd still be in a limited time right now for sure because most players having six hundred at bats right now he'd be at close to 500 if you double his stats, and he's setting it at 38 home runs. Right. I mean, that's pretty good yeah. for a 43-year-old guy. Heck yeah. Yeah. Anyway. There we go. There's baseball, the world of baseball. There it Allison, is. Allison, if you're listening, I know you're you can so much back appreciate in now. that. Run that back and listen to it again. Yeah. You'll get caught up on all of the world of baseball. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so go Yankees, go Astros. Go Braves. Oh, gosh. Yeah. It was a good day yesterday. Yeah, it was. I felt like um, I, I don't know. I I felt like the the spirit was moving um, in our services. I felt like the um, the crowd was singing so well, um, and, and that's what I love to hear. Like there are times where it's like if I can just come off the mic and let them sing, like that's that's where I want to be. It's like we're not right. we're not performing for anybody. Those of us who are up on the platform, it's like we're joining together to worship God. Like we're giving our performance to God, and that's right. what I felt like was happening yesterday. Is like the the crowd was singing so well. We were down a little bit for a service, um, you know, number wise. Um, but you know, they still sang and they still worshipped and um, introduced a new song. The which, crowd was down in the first service, correct? But the second service, I thought it was packed. It seemed pretty pretty full. There were a couple of pockets, you know, but, but not as many as the first. Exactly. The first service, I was like, oh, this is going to be a low day. They must have all slept in and come the second service. Because I guess. That, we ended up with a really pretty good attendance. Yeah, it was pretty decent. Yeah. 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 But no, we introduced a, a chorus of a new song. I think we're going to introduce the entire song um, here in the next couple of weeks. But Psalm 8, you read that. And so we'll read that here in a little bit because it was in your message. But um, Shane and Shane did that. And I thought they sang really well with that one as well. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then going in from that right into goodness of God was, was good. They sang that well leading right into right, your message. Right. So you're welcome. Yeah, I thought it was, um, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, I thought it was good. I thought everybody sang well. And, um, there's, a, there's such a difference when it comes to worship, watching it online and being here. You know what I mean? I think there's, it's, it, there's a difference in that. Cause if you watch it online, it doesn't have the same effect as For sure. when you're, when you're here and, and you feed off of each other. And if you're here on a Sunday and you're listening to this podcast and all you do is sit in the back, in the very back row mm-hmm. or in the back two coves, you need to move up front because there's a difference in worshiping up front than yep. worshiping in the back. Yep. And um, I I literally cannot set back in those two cove alcoves that we have. No. Um, it literally – I don't know if I got so much, too much, um, you know, 
whatever ADD or whatever. I just you can't do, do it. it. You yeah, do. I do. I know. Yeah. It drives me crazy to sit back there. I so. did. I did that though in college as well. Like my freshman year, I sat in the balcony all the way in the very back. Do we have a balcony? We don't in college. I did. Um, <laughs> I mean, we could, but no. Um, and then after that, I started setting down on right. the, the main level as far forward as I yeah. could because there were no distractions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that way I could engage with the worship. I could engage with the speaker. Uh-huh. And, you know, there wasn't, I wasn't looking down at people being like, oh, they're playing on their cell phone or they're, right, right. they're doing that or they're talking or they're writing notes back and forth. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was, there was less distractions. Right. I just thought it was a good day um, yesterday, and you know the whole thing about the series with your inner compass. It's getting us to set our direction, everything that we are on God, right? Whatever that looks like for for us, you know, with God's word, prayer, um, you know, reaching out. What we've all got to set our compass on on God. His word. Yep. And if we're setting our compass on God and His word, everything's going to fall in the line. Mm-hmm. But if we're setting it on God, and then we're setting it on something else, well, you're not setting it on God, right? And and this is the thing I think that's really hard for people to understand and hard for people to get. You're either all the way 100 percent with God, or you're not at all, right? It can't be I'm 99 percent with God and one per. Yeah, you you might be able to get by on that for a short time, but you're not going to actually be where you need to be, right? If you keep keep doing that. Hardest thing in the world to do, though. As I was talking to somebody back in the Connections Cafe yesterday, um, right after the second service, and we were talking about, you know, like trusting God and, you know, giving God, you know, 100%. And I told him, I said, I, I, I find that extremely hard to do. Because mm-hmm. I said, I had somebody last week come up to, to talk to me about trusting God. And they said, they literally looked at me and said, it, it, it comes easy for you. Nope. And I said, it does not come easy for me. And I, um, and so I told them and I told the people I was talking to back in the Connections Cafe yesterday, I've got this figured out really good about three days a week. Right. The other four days out of the week, I'm struggling like everybody else, but my faith is in God and I believe what he says, but man, I'm going to tell you what, I'm working against me. Yep. And he never yeah. promised that it was going to be easy. No. In this world, you will have trouble. Trouble. We said that yesterday. You said that yesterday. Everybody popped out trouble. But uh, I know, and what popped into my head was Taylor Swift's song, which I can't stand Taylor Swift, but her song, Trouble. Dude, here we go. We got Taylor Swift. You were trouble when you walked in. Okay, we got (laughs) Taylor Swift, Justin Bieber. What else do you want to roll out on these people? Oh, gosh. Dude, I'm rolling. I am a musical person. Things, words. I have word association, and so like a word is said, and songs pop in my head. That was the song. It's not my fault. God wired me this way. God made me this way. Yeah, but can't you pull out something I... like uh, Waylon Jennings or something? Or well, if you say the right words, <laughs> Johnny Cash. Uh... Mamas, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. <laughs> I got. I a love. Picture. By the way, I got a picture of your dad. Uh, Snapchatted yesterday. Your mom Snapchatted. Yeah. Cause I, are you friends with my dad on Snapchat? I am. Okay. But so I, uh, usually take a picture like of worship when I'm down there and I'll put like, you know, church house worship or something. Right. And I'll put a bit more of me like in between you and whoever's singing right. and whatever. But, uh, so I send that out. And so then your mom responded yesterday. She must have been sitting in a balcony because it looked she like she was, was sitting, yep. shooting down. It was your dad. It looked like your sister leading mm-hmm. worship. 
Must have been, yeah. Um, but I think it was your sister. Yes, and, probably. Uh, so they were leading worship, and she's like doing the same. So <laughs> there you go. She didn't send a bitmo of her in between you guys. She didn't. But, no, yeah. But that's funny. Yeah, but yeah, yesterday was a really good day, mm-hmm. and um, I just uh, my prayer is that people will uh, really. I guess my prayer has been over the last couple of years is that all of us would really take a serious look at where we're at, at in our relationship with Christ, and pretty much everything that I talk about has really nothing to do with somebody that's living in the world or the culture, right. although I do talk about that, but what I'm talking about is how you and I as a follower of Christ live in this culture, and right. what are we, you and I are to do, because I know I've said this a billion times, and probably people are really tired of me saying this, but I'm tired, if I can say this, sick and tired of the Christian community just go to, just going along to get along. Right. I've had it up to my eyeballs with that, and I'm tired of it, and I have no patience for that anymore. And um, it can I just be honest? It just irritates the socks off of me to, for people to – they don't know how to respond. I'm right. like, how can you be a Christian, even if you're a Christian for three years, how can you not know how to respond right. to the culture or to a parent or a child or a coworker? How do you not know how to respond? Right. If you don't know how to respond, then that's on you. Well, and the truth is, is that that you know that's um, you know we're known by our fruit. We've talked about that. Um, you know that response is our fruit, but we know how to respond by what you talked about yesterday about being in the Word. You know, you, right. you talked <clears throat> the the Sorry. I think the main theme was final word. Um, right, right. You know, in in the fact that you know the Bible is the final word; it is our authority. Um, but sadly, going back to you know, you you talked um, about people not you know being close to God. You you mentioned yesterday, and I can't remember where this was in the sermon, but you know about how it's almost like we we're good when we're good, yeah, and we don't need God when we're good, and so we're not close to God when mm-hmm. we're good. And it's when things start to crumble around us that it's like, oh God, where are you? Right. Oh God, I need you. Right. It's like no, we should be walking daily right. with God. We should be reading our Bible daily, digging right. into his word daily. And then when someone does say something or there is something that rises up, you do know how to respond. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because the Bible tells us how to respond. I mean, there's no questions. There's no you know, no way to misread that. It's plain. Well, that kind of goes, you know, that kind of was the theme for the day, you know, because I First Samuel three, uh, one, the first verse of First Samuel three says, um, now in those days, uh, messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. Hmm. And I, I think I said, you know, if you read that, you're thinking, well, there's no presence of God taking place with the people. But if you go down 20 verses later, which is first Samuel three twenty one, it says, then the Lord appeared again in Shiloh for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple things going on there where the first verse says that there's really no presence of God. Right. And then the verse 21 says that the Lord appeared again. again. And then I, yeah. you, I love the last four or five words in that where it says, by the word of the Lord, uh-huh. that the word of the Lord is now the thing that is driving what's taking place there, and that's what needs to drive you and I Absolutely. in our lives, the word of the Lord. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I, I, I really believe with all my, in all honesty, that, you know, as you and I and the Christian community move down the road, I mean, if we read the clock back 30 years ago, 
the culture was different. It was. The culture was still sinful, but it was different. You run the clock down to where we're at. I mean, we're very sinful. I mean, I, I some of the things I'm like, I don't know what else we're going to see. But right. if Jesus tarries another 30 years, then I don't know where we're going to be 30 years from now. So it's going to be rough. So the right. culture right now is just totally disregarding God. Right. And they're, they've tossed the word of God completely mm-hmm. out. God doesn't even come into bearing. And, you know, you just live your life. You do what you want. And so I can't imagine what that's going to be like 30 years from now. Right. Right. That's brutal. Yeah. And we don't take, you know, not we, but we as a culture, you know, don't put a lot of validity in God's word. But I don't think, I think that is true for man. You know, you said yesterday that, you know, a man's, a man's word used to be like a binding contract. It did. You know, it's like you, you can take my word for it. Exactly. Nowadays, it's like you can't take someone's word for it. I loved the, the comedian Yakov Smirnoff. You gave him, this is a couple of times you've quoted him now. I'll have to go watch him. But he said, a man's word today is much like the American dollar. It's overinflated and losing value every day. (laughs) And he's right. And that's funny, but it's not. No, because it's true. If you ever get a chance to listen to him, he is going to have to. You, you really need to listen to him about, um, he's from Russia. Right. And if you ever get a chance, pull up the part where he talks about America, how America is so great. I, I did that a few. Okay. Like last year, remember, yeah. he's like, yes. Paris and great because, you know, he does all that, you know, you have, you know, powder for potatoes. Yes. And then he said, I walked down an aisle and it's like, oh my goodness, baby, baby powder. powder. <laughs> it's like, boom. <laughs> so yeah, he's, 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 he's really funny. Um, but I asked a question yesterday. I said, who has the final word for your life today? Mm. And when you're talking about the final word for your life, is it God? Is it, is it a, uh, my employer? Is it my spouse? Is it a family member? Is it the news? Is it the White House? Is it the State House? Um, what's the final word? And you can't really say, I'm going to follow God. But you're saying the final word for my life is God, but I'm also going to include this. No, you can't do that because if that is not matching God, you're not following God. Absolutely. So what's the final word for your life? And we're talking about the word for your life, and for me it's going to be God. Exactly. Um, No matter what anybody says, Mm -hmm. I I have to go with God. Right. And uh, that's that's hard for a lot of people because – what are people going to think about me? I mean, the, right. they're telling me that this is what I need to do, and but God's word is saying you shouldn't do this. And so, what do right. you do? Right? Who, who's the final authority? Who's the final word? Mm-hmm. I like the. Uh, I read Second um, Timothy four two, and I think this is good. Or ta- Paul tells Timothy, preach the word of God. Be prepared, whether the time is favorable or not. And I, I like think, that version because some, th- yeah. some some versions say whether in season or not, but I like that, whether the time is favorable or not. Be ready to preach the word. Like right now, right? right. Uh, patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage people with good teaching. And that's what it boils down to. People you know, being taught the word of God, good teaching, not a stretching of, uh, of the teaching. In fact, um, right. In a few weeks, we're going to talk about the um, the arguments that the LGBTQ throws against the church mm-hmm. and the scriptures that they throw back again from the Bible. Um, you know the reason why you that the Bible supports that in the gay community or or whatever. Right. Uh, we're I'm really um, I've been praying about this a lot. So probably two or three weeks from now, we're gonna we're gonna answer those questions. Mm-hmm. We're, gonna, we're gonna answer their questions biblically. And and talk about that because that's a part of that. Right. That's a part of that um, of what Paul's saying there. 
preach the word for of sure. God. And, you know, as Christian people, um, you know, we have to be prepared. We have mm-hmm. to be ready. We have to be ready to give an answer for the, for the hope that we have. Because, you know, I think that, you know, a lot of times when, um, you know, when you're talking about certain things, one of the biggest things I've had people, you know, tell me, well, Jesus didn't say anything about homosexuality. And Christians are like, oh, well, yeah, maybe he didn't, mm. you know, but he actually did. Right. I mean, he refers back to what? He refers to the law of Moses. He, re- yep. he refers back to um, the, the covenant of marriage. Exactly, which yep. is between a man and a woman, Correct. a male and a female. Yep. That's what he, he does. So you got to take the whole scripture in context and not just pull them out. You can't just cherry pick. Because you know what? I can, I, can, I can take any scripture for any part of my sins mm-hmm. and get you to believe that's oh, what absolutely. the Bible supports me. Absolutely. And anybody can do that, right? Mm-hmm. You read um, – John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word, Jesus, was with God, and the Word was God. Yeah. You know, and I love that because it reminds us that the Word has always been. Exactly. And, you know, we, the Bible says, you know, that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Mm-hmm. It doesn't change. No. Um, but we do have that guide of the word and we do, we can see Jesus's mm-hmm. life. We can mm-hmm. read his, you know, his teachings mm-hmm. we can see how he deals with people who are sinful mm-hmm. and, and he doesn't say, Hey, it's okay. You go ahead and, and you be you. That's what our culture says today. Exactly. You be you. No, he says, go and sin no more. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. I, um, you know. God's word is always going to be true. It's always going to lead you to where you need to be. You may not like it, <clears throat> right? But it's always going to take you to a place you need to be. I, I read a scripture, Romans chapter three, verses three and four. It says some of them were unfaithful, but just because they were unfaithful does not mean that God is unfaithful. And I love this. Of course not. Even if everyone else is a liar, God is true. Amen. I love that. As the scriptures say about him, you will be proved right in what the, in what you say, and you'll win your course in case and, and win your case in court. But I love the fact that you know if everybody else in the world is lying, the only one telling the truth is God and His right. word. And this is very difficult for a culture that does not like God or doesn't want to listen to the words of God. Which, if you think about it, why wouldn't you want to listen to God? Right. I mean, when you follow God's word and you put God's word into practice. Mm-hmm. It's hard, but do you find yourself there's there's a peace to you? There's right. a there's yeah. a joy in your life. Mm-hmm. Things you still got to experience life, right? But there's a peace and a joy about you that you're not going to be able to have if you're not following God and His Word. Correct, God's part of your life. Yeah. But you read uh, a quote from Chuck Swindoll, which he just said this like about yeah, four you, or five months. That's ago. what you said. Yeah. He said God's Word is a double edged sword. It protects, provides, and guides you. It's the only thing that will ever bring stability to your life. If you want supernatural strength in your life, simply open the word of God. And you know, the part I love about that quote, I think I may have said this yesterday. If you want supernatural strength, mm-hmm. we're not talking physical. We're not talking about what you see. We're talking supernatural power. Right. And that's what this is all about. Yep. This, this is what God is wanting to do in our lives. So, um, but what, you know, one of the things I think that we need to realize, and I think that we do, most people, is that everything that's being marketed today and crammed down our throats is fear. It's a fear mm-hmm. tactic. Everything. Right. I mean, I, if you see even commercials, I mean, you got, some of the commercials are so crazy and some of the uh, medical and, um, mm-hmm. what do you call it? Big tech, uh, yeah. pharmacy and all that. I'm just amazed by the stuff that you, 
that is hawked on um, on television. And I used to love to watch commercials. Now oh. I just tune them out yeah. when you go make a bag of popcorn or something. Yeah, and some of the commercials, if you watch really closely, they they are they are they bleed into the culture's narrative with yep. the gay lifestyle and everything. It's just it's just one of the things that I it's 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 just another brainwashing and a subtle movement by Satan to get you to accept it in the Christian community. Right. He's not worried about the culture. He's got the culture. He, the yeah, cul- exactly. he owns the culture. Exactly. You know what he wants? He wants you. Mm-hmm. He wants me. He wants anybody that's listening, anybody that comes to this church. He wants you watered down. He doesn't want you to be bold. He wants you to go along to get along because if he does, guess what? Yep. You're not going to do anything. Exactly. You're playing it safe. You're playing it safe. And the reason you play it safe, I'm just going to tell you, is because you get, yep. you're afraid. Yep. You're afraid that somebody's not going to like you. You're afraid your family's going to disown you. You're going to afraid you're not going to have friends. You're afraid you're going to lose your job. Mm-hmm. And, um, if, 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 if you're, I can't help you if you're going to be afraid. Right. I just can't. Right. And, um, there's just, I, I just can't help that. Well, and to go along with that, you know, and I've said this for so many years. If Satan can infiltrate in the church, oh if Satan can allow churches to water down, you know, kind of everything mm-hmm. you were just saying, um, to not, you know, to not necessarily speak the truth, to mm-hmm. get off kilter a little bit, then he's won. He's got you where he wants you because exactly. guess what? Then you're not focused on, you know, serving your community. You're not mm-hmm. focused on spreading the gospel. You're not focused on Matthew chapter 28. Exactly. You know, I look at what, what's taking place with the Methodist church right now. Oh, uh, you know, all of that, um, back and forth right now. Right. What's being done for the gospel of Jesus Christ in that? You know, and it, and it breaks my heart that they're having to go through that. And, exactly. You know, they shouldn't have to. You know, those that are wanting to stand on the word and the truth of God. Right. Should be able to do that and, and move on. Exactly. Versus, you know, having this big hoorah about it. But Satan is winning in that situation. And so we as Christ followers, we as, as church members, we as the church, we can't allow that to happen. Here. Exactly. We have to press on and continue to focus on God's word, keep that at the center. That That's our compass. Right. And, and we have to continue to focus on Matthew 28, go into all the world, preach exactly. the gospel. And you can't be afraid. Right. You can't be afraid to do that. And that's Second Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. God, <laughs> if your compass is set on God, you got the power of the Holy Spirit in you. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you're not going to be afraid. You will be at times, but you're not going to have that spirit of fear that's, that's looming over you. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I get a twinge of fear. I'm like, oh, what's that going to be like? But immediately I'm turning that over to God. God, I'm going to trust you on this. You're going to give me the right words. Tell me where to go on this. Yep. If somebody gets mad at me, help me able to deal with it or help them to be able to handle what I got to tell them, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and you start to go down the road of, God, I'm not going to live in this state of fear. I'm not going to let this get to me because what fear does is if you land there and you keep going down that road, then you start – your mind starts working against you. Exactly. And yep. Satan uses that for you to do absolutely nothing. And fear will polarize you and freeze you in your tracks, and you'll stop dead where you're yep. at. Yeah. And that's what Satan wants. Exactly. We were um, at the LifeWise Academy um, open house last night. We prayed for LifeWise getting started up here at you know, you know North Union. We went up to the school and prayed. And one of the, the things that I heard two or three different people say – is greater is he who lives in me than he who lives in the world. Exactly. You know, that's, we've got to continue to remind ourselves of that. Greater right. is he who lives in me than he who lives in the world. And that's, dude, <laughs> that is an awesome bumper sticker. That is an awesome plaque. And that is an awesome phrase. But if you actually sit down and you think about that, 
that's something that you if you live by that, mm-hmm. that's going to change how you roll. Yes, it will. Because greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. That means you're not going to give power to the news, right. the government, anybody else What's in your the life. News? Yeah. I don't watch that garbage. Yeah. You're not giving power to anything. Not one thing, but God is in you. And so that's that's where you're that's he's your word. He he yep. he's the final thing in your life. He's your compass that, that exactly that you set on. I, I always think that Christians, um, even if you have that uh the hint of fear in your life or you got worries, anxieties or whatever, we need to always remember that God is with us and we need to continue to search God. And not yeah. search him weekly, but search him boldly. Right. God, right. I, I you know what I need and I'm coming to you. Give me everything uh everything that I need. I read a verse from Deuteronomy four twenty nine. I love this. this. Is good. It says, uh, you will search me, you will search again for, for the Lord your God. And if you search for him with all your heart and soul, that means what? Everything, right? Yep. You will find him. That's a promise. Another promise of God right yep. there. You're going to find him when, when you search for him. And I, and I, and I love that. I, um, when I, when I, when I read the uh, verse at the beginning of uh, the message yesterday in 1 Samuel 3, 1, and then I read the verse 21, I also read another passage of scripture that went along with that, but that was back in Joshua. And, um, they actually go hand in hand. Right. And, um, in Joshua 18, verse 1, it says, The land was under Israelite control, and the entire community of the Israelites gathered at Shiloh, and they set up the tabernacle. And then I read again, 1 Samuel 3.21, where it says, The Lord appeared again at Shiloh. Mm-hmm. And I asked them, where was the last time, where was God the last time that they saw him? He was in Shiloh. Where was he when he appeared again? Well, he is in Shiloh. And the thing that I wanted to get people to understand is that God never moved. Right. right. God was always where he was. Mm-hmm. The people left him. Yes. The Israelites. So there's hundreds of years between Joshua 18 and 1 Samuel, but God was right there the entire time, but right. they never searched for it. They may have talked about God. They may have done the sacrifices, uh-huh. but God was not directing them. He was right. not leading them because they shut God out. They went yeah. on their own. Exactly. I love the quote from James McDonald. He said, God is not hiding from you. Maybe your vision has gotten cloudy and your soul has been distracted. You know, that's what happened. They, their vision had gotten cloudy. Their, exactly. their souls had been distracted. Like you said, they may have been going through the motions. They may have been, you know, quote unquote, going to church. They exactly. were performing the sacrifices. Exactly. They were make, doing the prayers or whatnot. Exactly. But they weren't searching for, for God. Exactly. And, you, you know, here's the thing. You have to ask yourself a question. What, what's clouding your vision? Right. What, what's jamming you up right now? Um, are you restless? Are you, do you have no peace? Do you have no joy? Uh, do you, do you take things to heart? Are, mm-hmm. are you angry? Right. I, I don't know where you're at in your life, but what is clouding your vision and what is, uh, what, what, what was the word that he used? Um, it was a really good year. Um, distracted. distracted. Yeah. What's distracting you? Yeah. What is taking you away from God? Yep. Because anything that takes you away from God and you land there is going to lead you away from God permanently. Right. Until you make a conscious decision to, 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 to come back to that. And um, you, you always have to you always have to be asking yourself, well, what what do I need to do? Right. What's the final word for my life? Mm-hmm. I, am I distracted? What's I think that's something good you need to do every day. Right. Because, you know, you get up in the morning and have your Bible study and do your prayer and something happened in the middle of the morning. And by noon, you're off track. Yep. Your compass has been moved to been another there. point. Yep. And so what do you have to do? You got to you got to make an intentional effort to not be distracted and get your vision back to set. 
to center on God. I'm telling you what, it is a lot of work mm-hmm. to keep your yourself in tune with God and keep your compass on Him. Yeah, it's it's, and we've talked about it. It's being intentional daily. Exactly. You asked this question. You said, "Where were you the last time you you felt God's presence in your life?" And your point was, you know. If you don't feel God's presence now, what were you doing when you did feel exactly. His presence? Maybe you need to go do that again. Were you in your script? Were you in the Scripture more? Exactly. Were you spending more time in prayer? Were you, were you and your spouse praying together? Exactly. Um, you know, and that's those are things like if I can be vulnerable a little bit. Those are things Allie and I have talked about. It's like we need to be praying more as as a couple. Yeah. We need to be praying more together. And so this morning before I left the house, we took some time and we prayed. Um, we Way prayed. To make us all feel bad, bro. I'm sorry. We prayed for you. You know, we prayed for the church. We prayed for our family. Um, but, but that again, it makes us stronger. It brings us closer together, but it also brings us closer to God, you know, and so that's a great question. It's like, you know, where, what were you doing the last time? You know, okay, I'll be a little bit more vulnerable. We haven't been in our Bible the way that we need to be. You know, we've been doing, we were doing the Bible recap. This is our third year that we've been doing it Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. we were reading it every night together. Well, in the midst of, you know, I'm not going to make excuses, but in the midst of busyness, we got off track. Um, and got super far behind and now we're having to play catch up. And is it really setting the way it would if I were intentionally reading it every day together? Because I'm trying to catch it up now. Right. Um, and, and so, but it does make a difference. It makes a difference in my personal life. It makes a difference in our relationship, mine and Allie's. Right. But more than anything, it makes a difference between our relationship with God. Well, that, that's 100% true. And you gotta, if you do, if you've not felt the presence of God, go back to doing what you're doing. And I like what you just said. You know, you, you have to be intentional about that. Right. So if you praying as a couple or reading mm-hmm. the Bible or, or whatever you're, whatever you're doing personally. And I, you know, you've already said, you know, you've allowed busyness to get in the mm-hmm. way and people are like, well, you don't know what I've gone through. I mean, you don't right. know what's going on. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter. God should be the top priority. You know, exactly. you can't allow the busyness to get in the way of God. I think what happens is we need to realize we cannot allow the fickleness of our emotions and our feelings and our circumstances. And I know this is, this is tough saying mm-hmm. and our circumstances to cloud our vision of the reality of who God is. Right. And who he wants and what he wants to do in our life. And, and I think that's what we do. We allow busyness. We allow our feelings, our emotions and our circumstances mm-hmm. to override the reality of God and his word and his promises. Right. And I think that's wrong. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that's where the Christian community gets um, jammed up. And I think I said yesterday, I'm not taking talking light of anybody's problems because I know we got health issues and I know that some people are really struggling with other issues mm-hmm. with marriage and jobs and financials. I'm not I'm not making light of anybody's issues Absolutely. and problems, but I, I actually did say this yesterday. Your problem it doesn't matter when it comes to that. Um, your problems because you need to realize who the reality of God is and what He's already done. And until we get to that point, we're just going to keep just kind of plodding day by day. And hey, let's just get through the day. But that's not how God has you know has designed us. But yeah. I think I said this yesterday. You need to realize your problems in life is just life. It is what it is. It is. It, it is. Like, and that's where we brought up John sixteen thirty three, where Jesus says, "In this world, you're going to have trouble. trouble. You're going to have some issues. Mm-hmm. It is what it is, folks. It is yeah. what it is." I love Psalm one thirty nine. Is just a great chapter. Yeah. In and of itself, but you read um, four verses from there. Uh, Psalm one thirty nine five through eight it says, "You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, 
you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. Doesn't matter what we're going through mm-hmm. in our lives. Doesn't matter what's taking place. God's still there. God's well, never left us. That's true. And here's the thing: when when you're talking about no matter what, no matter what you've gone through in your life, you and realizing that God has never left us, and the reality of who God is, we need to worship God. Exactly. Okay, and this is tough. I'm going to just be honest. Mm-hmm. When you get hit hard with something, then it really dings you hard. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest. It's hard to worship God. It is. It's hard to be thankful because you're so concerned and you're so worried about the problem or the issue that you're going through, whether it's financial, health, or, or, or whatever that might be. And so, again, this is on the Christian community. I think sometimes we allow our thankfulness and our praise and our worship to get sidetracked because of the issues that we go through and it's 100% wrong for us to do that. It becomes if conditional. We God, yeah, if we truly believe God is in control. Yeah, yeah. Our, our worship of God becomes conditional. Exactly. We'll worship God when things are going good but when something else takes place it's like, oh, I've got to deal with this. And that's where Psalm 8 comes mm-hmm. in. Yeah. Verses 1. You actually read the entire chapter yesterday. I did. And so. It's a great chapter. It is. But Brandon had the pre-sermon before I had the, the, I the did sermon, have the so. pre-sermon. Yeah. But he read he read eight verses of that. But And he read it from the ESV. I did. And I read mine from the NLT. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to read mine from the NLT, verses 1 and 2. It says, O Lord, O Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. I love that because tell me he's not worshiping God yeah, here. exactly. Totally. Your glory is higher than the heavens. You have taught children and infants to tell of your strength, silencing your enemies. I love that part. And who oppose you. Mm-hmm. So when I read that, I'm thinking, I'm going to praise God. His name is majestic. His glory is higher than the heavens. Anything I can imagine, he's got this under right. control. I'm going to silence Satan. I'm going to silence everything around me by just continuing to trust in him and to worship him and to praise him. Because Here's the thing. Satan wants you not to worship God. Satan wants you to think that God's love is conditional for mm-hmm. you, that God is not in control, that God doesn't have your back on this, but God does. And and Satan also wants to put the focus on you. As you read through that, there is not the word me, no. I, you, nothing. It, it's O Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. Your glory is higher than the heavens. You have taught exactly. children and infants to tell of your strength, silencing your enemies and all who oppose you. There's not a mention of me at all. None It's all whatsoever. about God. And there are some great songs that we sing, but they're focused on, on me. Yeah. It, they're focused on me and what God can do for me. But yep. sometimes, and that's what I said yesterday in my pre-sermon, was that... Um, Sometimes it's great just to sing scripture back to God yeah, and to put all the focus on him. You know, that's true worship. Right. Because what Satan wants us to do, he wants us to get distracted with me. My problems, my issues, my fears, my worries, my, my, my. Instead of your, you, exactly me, I, yeah. my. Yeah. And yeah, it's wrong. How about Tony Evans? That was a good quote. Go ahead and read it because a half of mine's cut off or I'd read it. <laughs> Tony Evans said this. I love that passage in Romans 8. You did say Romans second service. I know, so it's, but it's, it's Psalm. On Psalm 8. I love that passage in Psalm 8. <laughs> I can't believe I said Romans. <laughs> it's on the live stream for you to relive it. I love that passage in Psalm 8 where it says to silence your enemies. Mm. And you know what that means? That means that when the weakest among us begins to worship God. and I love this. Here's what he means by that. The weakest among us meaning 
you're going through something mm-hmm. and you're still praising God. Mm-hmm. So he went on to say that in this message. Okay, okay. So that means when the weakest among us begins to worship God, hell shuts up and heaven shows up. Mm. Well, that, That's did good. you see him saying it? I can see him Man, saying he that. He ripped that off really good yeah. too. Yeah. And he threw down after that too. He I'm threw sure he down. Did. Tony's like, good. Yeah. He threw down. So if you want God to show up in your hour of need, if you want God to show up in the middle of what you're going through, guess what? You need to draw close to God. You need to continue to worship God no matter what. Correct? Absolutely. And that's God being – you being attached to God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, connected to the vine. Exactly. Right. Um, love the Philippians 4. That's a, another great chapter. Yep. Uh, but 19 through 20, this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Now, here's the worship again, yep. all glory to God our Father forever and ever. Yep. I love that. I do too. And then you ask this question, what's your prayer life like? You know, And that, it it does change you. Um, I know when my prayer life is not where it needs to be because I do mm-hmm. feel distant from yep. God. And it's like you said, it's not that God left me. Right. I left him. I turned, I abandoned. Yep. The, um, you know, there's a ton of scriptures, you know. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, the, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but the Luke 11 passage that I read yesterday, you know, keep asking, seeking, and knocking, the door yeah. will be open to mm-hmm. you. And, uh, you know, anyone and everyone who knocks the door is going to be opened. Yeah. But that's got to be, that's not selfish prayers. We're, we're talking, this is the things that, this is things of God. Right. And, um, and so my point was, were you praying and connected to God through prayer the last time you saw the presence of God in your mm-hmm. life? Because, you are really going to know who God is through your prayer life. Right. And, um, you know, God changes you through, through your prayer life. Mm-hmm. And I love the j- passage in James 5 16 where he says, the earnest prayer of the righteous person has great power and it produces wonderful results. Yeah. You, you're really seeking the Lord. Yeah. And, and I asked this yesterday. I said, if you want to solve 99.9% of your problems, you need to start, stop whining, griping, complaining, and you need to start, um, and stop talking about your problems and just start con- giving this back to God. Yep. And pray. I know that sounds so simple, mm-hmm. but I'm telling you, until I figured that out years ago, it, it's 100% true. If I stop, it's really hard for me to stop whining and griping about the weather. <laughs> but that's what I, I'm praying that you do. <laughs> That's my prayer. <laughs> His face was um, like, oh, I love, gosh. I love Mark eleven twenty three and 24. Right. And Jesus says this. He says, I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe it. Like, are we praying and just going through the motions? Mm-hmm. Are we really mm-hmm. believing that mm-hmm. God is going to do what we're praying? He says, you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. Now, he's not talking about praying for a Porsche. No. Or for me, it'd be a Dodge Viper. I love Dodge Vipers. Um, he's not praying, you know, that you'll win a free vacation to Hawaii. That'd be nice. It would be um, pretty good. He, I, I do. You know, he's praying, he's saying, you know, we're praying for things. Our heart's connected to God's exactly. heart. Exactly. We're yes. not praying for what we want. We're right. praying for what needs to take place, right. what we exactly. need. Exactly. Um, and if our heart's connected to God's heart, then our prayers are going to align yep. with God, yep. God's heart. Well, it's, it's praying, um, for the heart with the heart of God, but giving God the credit when that prayer is answered. Exactly. Not that you, oh, look, look what we did. Right. It's all you know, the glory, yeah, of, God. All glory yeah. of God. And here's the key. You pray in faith believing. 
and exactly. faith, yeah. believing. Those two go hand in hand. Yep. I said it's like having a car without a key. You, you need both of them to go. I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes you don't need a key, but you do need a key. Right. Even if the push starts, you need a key to have close to that, mm-hmm. correct? So mm-hmm. you got to pray in faith, um, believing. I love James 1, 6 That's and 7. Good. He says, when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. And do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is unsettled as the wave of the sea and is blown and is tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from our Lord. Mm. You're getting nothing if you doubt. So you need to realize you're getting nothing when when you doubt. You said that yesterday. You get nothing. And all I could see was Gene Wilder. For here we go. That's our second Willy Wonka thing. (laughs) But when when Charlie comes in and, and, and Grandpa comes in and they're like what happened charlie did everything right and he talks about them going you know with the fizzy lifting drink and all that stuff and he's like points his finger at him he's like you get nothing <laughs> like that's that's james chapter one i was i was distracted by that when you said that um so i i said well what does that look like yeah well it means that you stop whining and complaining and you know, pleading in your prayers and you go bold before God and you, God, you've already stated, you already said your promises are true. This is what this looks like. And you, can I just be honest? Stop just wimping out. Right. Go boldly before the creator mm-hmm. of this universe. He is in control. He's already won the victory. Yep. So act like he's won um, the victory. Right. And then I said, if you guys want to learn a memory verse, here it is. First Thessalonians 517. Never stop praying. Mm. It's an easy one. Yeah. Something that, you know, Good compass to land on right it there, is. right? Yeah, and that's, you know, that's just such a, you know, misconception. People think, you know, to pray, you've got to, you know, bow your head and close your eyes. And, oh, most gracious heavenly father, you know, it's like, are you going to do that walking through the aisle at, you know, the store or right, whatnot? Right, Probably right. not. But it, it is a constant conversation with God. Right. You know, talking to God just like exactly. he's right there with you because guess what? He is. Exactly. And it gets to our point, you got to be connected to him. So right. it's John fifteen five, and this is a great passage. It is a very good You know, passage. I don't know if we should not – it's almost like we should read this monthly mm-hmm. to, to, to make sure that we remind ourselves what's going on in our right. life. Right, But it says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Mm. If I'm not connected to God and I'm not connected to the vine, right. I don't know what I'm doing. We can do nothing. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's plain – I know. Um, there's, um, you know, I talked a little bit. You know, were you, were you giving when the last time you saw God? Yeah. yeah. Uh, were you were you a giving person? And I listed a you know a, cu- a couple of scriptures that you know that that go along with that. Um, but here's the here's the, here's the truth. Um, if you if you truly want a, the presence of God in your life. You have to intentionally seek him out. Yep. Whether you were giving or serving or praying or reading your Bible or coming to church regularly, I don't know what you were doing, but whatever you were doing, you have to, you were intentionally doing it mm-hmm. at that time. You've not done that if you've not. For a Christian not to feel the presence of God, you're doing it wrong. Right. This is not God. Right. It, it's totally it's totally on on you, and um and I love the fact that. Between Joshua 18 and um, in Gala- um, 1 Samuel 3, hundreds of years have gone by, and the people finally figure out, you know, here's what's about to take place, and here's what's about to happen. And when the Lord appeared again, it's that they've opened themselves up to God right. and allowed him to come. And 
And I read a passage of scripture. I'm going to jump down here because I know we're getting at, at a lot here at time. But Second Samuel 7, verses 12 and 13, I'm going to read this because God uses Samuel, the prophet, to go to anoint King David. And yes. he goes to the house of Jesse, which he's a... That's his dad, and he goes to a town called Bethlehem. and I, And I love the Bible because it's all connected. It is all everything connected. is yep. so connected. Yep. And and it just staggers my mind. I mean, when you start looking at that, you think you hear the word Bethlehem. It, gets, it, it actually, every time I even when I wrote it down for the first time, and I read it in both services, and I read it right now, and mm-hmm. I said it, I have chills. Yep. Because everything is connected to Jesus Christ. Exactly. And here's the verse: Second Samuel seven twelve and thirteen. Talking about David, when your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, meaning you're dead, I will set up your seed after you and who will come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. And he's talking about Jesus. Mm -hmm. He will build a house for my name and I will establish his throne forever. And he's referring to the seed in Genesis chapter three, where he says, you know, the seed will come from the woman. He'll crush the head of the serpent. And and it's Jesus Christ. Everything is about Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so. Put your put your compass on God, His Word, on Jesus, the Gospel, the Cross, the open tomb. Because David is the King, David is a man after God's own heart, and he's anointed as the King. He sits on the throne, but he sits on the throne. He's literally a part of the part, playing a part of preparing the way for Jesus Christ. Yep. It is all about that. Yep. And here's the thing: I I am just amazed. The older I get how God's word becomes more alive to me. Mm-hmm. It, I'm just amazed. Yeah. You know, even 20 years ago, even at your age, right. How, how much I, how much I've come since age 37, mm-hmm. just to think about where, where I'm at and how God's word is like, I'm like, that was in there. I, sometimes I'll read that. I'm like, how did I miss that? Right? Like that? Right. How, what, how did I not see that like that? And it's amazing how God just keeps yeah. talking to you through this. And we've done that, you know, from one year to the next, you know, going through the Bible recap. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, <clears throat> good day yesterday. It was a good day. Uh, man, stay connected to God. Mm-hmm. If you're not, if you don't, if you don't have the presence of God in your life, intentionally seek that out. Yep. And if you have had the presence of God in your life and you're not feeling it, think back to where you were to get you to a place that that that, right. that you need to be and, um, and spend some time in worship exactly you know I'm not saying you know you got to sing to the top of your lungs or whatnot but worship looks you know you there are many ways to worship god worship is our lifestyle it and, and see that's the um would that be the point right there it's your yep. lifestyle yep it's not something you do on Sunday. Correct. It's not something that you put in time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's literally who you are. Yep. And um, and that's like uh, being a Christian. Christian is who you are. Right. It's not just putting time in on Sunday, and it's not just. And, and the Christian community needs to understand that. And right. I think it's. I think it's sometimes it's difficult. So. Um, but anyway, if you didn't get your compass yesterday, please give us uh, a call and. Um, we'll, or give us an email and we'll, we'll make sure you, we'll reserve one for you or get, get you one. Um, just to let you guys know this coming Sunday night, September the 25th at 4.30 in the Fellowship Hall. If you're 55 and over, Young and Heart is going to be meeting. And, um, this is going to be, um, um, this is uh, going to be one of their events that they have. And so make sure that you, um, contact Glenn or Lisa Smith. Um, you can RSVP them at, Y-A- R- RCC, 
Y-A-H, that stands for Richwood Church of Christ, Young at Heart, right. R-C-C-Y-A-H at gmail.com. Or you can give them a phone call or you can look them up. And then uh, LifeWise Academy Carnival is coming up on Sunday, October 2nd. Three to five, and they're looking for volunteers. And that is at what place? That is at Anywhere With You Acres. That is on North 37, heading out of Richwood. Okay. Um, it's going to be a good good event. And then um, just an hour after that ends at five. So it ends at five. An hour later at six, we have a night of worship here around the fire pit. We having hot dogs? If you bring your own hot dogs, sure. Are we having S'mores. S'mores, no. S'more worship we, with maybe, Brandon. Let's maybe. call that, let, let's change it to S'more worship with Brandon. I'm going to say that Sunday. Oh, hey, night of worship, S'more worship with Brandon. Please don't. I love it. Please don't. <laughs> it's going to be good. That was my favorite. Um, I don't know. That one and the Christmas one was really good too. But it was a, a really good night last year. I think we were over 50, right at 50. Um, and, and it was just a great time of worship. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'm looking forward to that again. Also, uh, Grow and Grow Crew begins. Go and Grow. Go. What did I say? Grow and Grow. Okay. Well, it's Go. Yeah. Just so you forgot. Go and Grow. Yeah. That's, uh, it begins on October the 5th and it's, uh, meets every Wednesday from 315 to 445. If, um, you'd like to help out with that, you can contact the church and we'll get you set on in the right direction. There's actually a sign up for that on the sign up page, richwood.church forward slash sign up. You're so good. You're God right. is so, so good. good. Well, that too. Yeah. And what we believe um, is coming up with uh, our elders. It's um, going to be for uh, six weeks. It begins yep. October the 16th and ends on November the 13th, 6 to 7.30. You can actually sign up um, and reserve your spot, and you can go to our webpage. I see that right now. Richwood.church so. forward slash sign up. You got it. You're really good at that. I'm the one that puts them all on the website. No, I so. think I heard somebody yesterday refer to you with one word. Goofy? Amazing. Oh, maybe. Amazing. I don't know. that They're crazy. Well, they are. I like goofy better. I've been called that before, too. Well, crazy, goofy. I've heard, I, I've heard other things, too. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> that I'm sure. Your wife. I, yeah. <laughs> that is, yeah. Oh, goodness. Well, we've got a good week coming up, and uh, the weather's going to be crazy. It's going to be highs. <laughs> we'll and all be really stuffy low. come yeah. Sunday. Sunday we'll have colds. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. Definitely have colds. So I want to invite you guys to come um, this coming Sunday. Uh, it's going to be a good day, mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to talk about literally intentionally following Jesus Christ or intentionally following God and um, what that looks like. And um, you're going to hear the word intentional a lot. Because we got to be intentional about everything that we do. You just can't not just throw it up and be like, hey, it's going to happen. you got to really work at it. When it comes to Christianity, when it comes to our walk with Jesus, like that is one of my favorite words. And it's not being cliche, but it's just we have to be intentional. Right. We have to be. And we've talked about that like a million times. Exactly. We're only 69 episodes in here. But we've talked about it a million times, I promise. You know— 69 episodes, really. Next week will be 70. Do you remember what we talked about on the very first, like the pilot episode? What did we talk about? Oh, man. Do you remember? Sort of. Not much. Coffee. We talked about a lot of coffee. We talked about coffee, but what did we talk about? We, um, 
We talk about so much, mm-hmm. and I can't remember everything that we talked about. If you haven't listened to the pilot episode, you have to go back and listen that to it. That one was, yeah. That it's was, like 30 minutes long or 38 minutes long. It was like a test run. Mm-hmm. We were just testing everything out. We actually sent it to just a few people and said, how does this sound? Would you listen fundamentals. to this? We talked about the fundamentals. We talked about the fundamentals. And that's what we did. And they were like, yeah, put it out there. Yeah. And so it was a little bit more raw, a little bit you know, less quality than where we're at now, but... It was good stuff. It was good. I remember we talked about the fundamentals, and that's – I don't even think we had the word – we were going to call it fundamentals or something like that. Yeah, we weren't even – it wasn't even grounded at that point. Right. At that point. Uh, we didn't that's even crazy. We, were gonna, we just did a t- – we were sitting in your office, and um, we just were giving it a test run to yep. see what it was like, and, and that's that's what it went. That's what we went with. And so, here we are. Next week we will be. be episode 70. So be here Sunday. And if you get, if you, if you just, uh, get, uh, don't have nothing to do and you've never listened to the pilot episode, go, go all the way back to the beginning. It's probably, I think it's episode number two actually. Yes. Cause we but put it, an episode but it actually out would be the first episode. It's titled pilot episode. It's, uh, it's titled the pilot episode. So go ahead and pull that up. Yep. Tell us what you think. Perfect. Sounds good. Well, I think we hit everything. It is going to be a good week. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to Sunday. Um, hope to see you guys Sunday. I hope to see you Sunday. I'm thinking about being here. Because I'm not scheduled to preach, so. Well, you can if you'd like. I mean, I'll do a pre-sermon. I'm sure you will. <laughs> I'll pray for 10 minutes. How about that? Well, that's a given. Right, exactly. All right, well, we hope you have a great week. Um, and I, Craig, I hope you have a great week as well. I hope you do too. See you guys. Have a great one. Thanks.